Hi, this is Jerry DiPiano from Fem Pharma, sponsors of the Love Mia Vita podcast. And today I am with my guest, a frequent guest on the Love Mia Vita podcast, Dr. Juliana Hauser. For those of you that may not have had the pleasure and privilege of listening or seeing Dr. Juliana Hauser on our podcast, let me share a little bit of her background with you. Dr. Juliana leads conversations about relationships, agency, sexuality, intimacy, and much, much more. She is a professional. She's got a tremendous amount of expertise, but she's also a ton of fun. So I hope that you'll enjoy learning more. Dr. Hauser studied and received her PhD in counseling education from the College of William and Mary. And she is considered a thought leader and sexpert diving deep into hard to have conversations that we all need to be having. Dr. Juliana has spent decades, although she doesn't look like she spent decades, counseling and supporting thousands of individuals and partners on their paths to discover sexual agency, relationship intimacy, and fulfilling sexual connection. Now, if you wanna study under Dr. Hauser, you can take her revealed course where she will certify you and others that you may want to join you in her course. She has offered this course in over eight countries. And at the end of this podcast, we are going to share with you her website so that you can reach out to her directly. Doesn't matter where you live, we can do this over Zoom. And so Dr. Hauser is available to you from wherever you tune in. Juliana, it's a pleasure to have you on the Love Mia Vita podcast again. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. I always look forward to our conversations. So we had recently a conversation on what we, what you referred to, and I love this, is the midlife awakening. And the midlife awakening is really an opportunity to think about your purpose in life. So what, what got me here? What did I like about the things that happened in maybe the first half of my life? Because let's face it, midlife, at least according to Aristotle, is about the age of 50. And he referred to it as the prime of life. And I have to agree with him. I do think that once you hit this point in your life, you kind of shed a lot. But now it's time to figure out what is what is your purpose? What do I want to do? How do I pay it forward? And those are all conversations that we may have with ourselves, we may have with our friends. But there is also in the paying forward, I think we talk about mentoring and mentorship. And, and that's bi-directional. So you could mentor someone else and then you could be mentored. Let's face it, if you're a lifelong learner, and I am one of those folks, that concept is really exciting to me. So, so Juliana, what let's let's have a conversation about the uh, the midlife mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm so glad that you're highlighting this too. It's 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 something that's been really important in my life uh, personally. And as I've been sharing it, and it, it started off as an offhanded remark that I made to somebody, and they're like, wait, what? What is that? And, and then it's really grown, and, and I've seen it really enrich people's lives and enrich people's connections. So an aging mentor is somebody in your life, and 
somebody who is, uh, well, we'll start with having, having someone be your aging mentor who is further along their journey. Uh, there are a couple of things that you want to look for in uh, the right kind of fit for aging mentor, but mainly it's somebody who's willing to share authentically. Some of the sharing is they do spontaneously that you don't have to ask because sometimes we don't know what to ask or what to even know what to expect ahead of our of, in our lives and will also answer questions that you have. That is just kind of like the baseline of, of what you're looking for. I also like to add in someone who has some things in common with you so that there's some ease of, of details in your life, but also has things that are different so that you have a variety, so you have a perspective of things. And why I think this is important that we get mentors in, in lots of areas, career mentors, or we have people who are helping us in uh, areas where we're not, we're not good. We don't naturally have a knowledge in we often don't consider aging as a place in our life that we need to learn about. It seems like so much in our health that is just, we're just supposed to know. But as we know, there's a lot about our health that we don't know. For instance, we, when you talk with somebody who is uh, who's, uh, having a, a child um, and they're thinking about breastfeeding, that for some, it feels like this going to be very natural and they know it and others that it's very difficult. It's the same thing with aging. Some of us have an easier experience in our aging process and some of us don't, but most of us have not been educated along the way. And you and I have connected through the, the space of menopause and, and that goes to say, that's the same thing that we, we often have to find this information ourselves. But I like to add it beyond that too, of like, what, what does it mean to age? And what does it mean to age in a way that is vibrant, that is fulfilling and sustainable? And, and that's where I came upon my first aging mentor. And her name was Ruth. And uh, I actually had it by observation. So in some ways, she was my mom's aging mentor. But because I was spending a lot of time with my mom at this time period, they let me listen to their conversations. They let me hear what Ruth's um, perspective was. And in some ways I would call her like, I used to start off saying that she was like my second grandmother, but really she was my aging mentor. And my mom by proxy was also because I got to see my mom in a vulnerable place that I didn't get to see very often. She'd ask questions and she wanted Ruth's opinion on things. And then I would hear as we were going around Ruth's house, she was a neighbor of ours. Ruth would spontaneously tell her bits of advice and bits of things that were happening to her. She didn't have shame in expressing how her body was changing and how she felt about it. I remember particularly a conversation they had um, about plastic surgery. <laughs> and at the time I was this just arrogant little young thing. And I was like, oh, I, I, at the time I was like, I, I wouldn't want that to happen. I wouldn't want my mom to do that. And she whipped around and said, you do not have a place in this conversation. This is your mother's choice, and this is your you know, my choice, or this is any woman's choice. And, and I'm not really doing it justice how profound the conversation was. I don't even re really remember the conclusion they came to, or even really what each of their opinions was. I remember Ruth saying to me, "It is every woman's choice what they get to decide on this, and you have no idea what it's like to face aging or to face this part of your of your body. You are way too young, so you're not a part of this." They let me listen, but I, I thought it was I thought it was really profound once I was older in life and facing those kind of questions of like, "Wow, how do I feel about my body?" or or I could see in my peer group 
everyone had difference of opinions. I, I remembered Ruth talking about this. Um, and uh, and I'll, I'll stop now, but to see if you have any, any questions or, or thoughts, but uh, there's two other mentors in my life that I, I want to tell you about too. So when we think about it, when we think about a mentor, most of the time, at least for me, because I've always worked in a career, you know, I had a career, um, I think about the mentors that have worked with me in my career. So a professional mentor, you know, I could have been somebody that I had male mentors, I had female mentors, I was very fortunate in that regard, never really thought about it in the con in the in the context of someone that has helped me to figure out or navigate midlife, right? And yet, when when you put it in that in the context that you just described, I have to say that that I do think I had a mentor that was a facilitator of this process. And it would be my paternal grandmother. Mm -hmm. So um, she was, um, yeah, she was a relatively young widow. She was married young, um, married in Italy, had her first child in Italy. Um, her husband, my grandfather, immigrated to the United States. She was kind of left alone to deal with the child. And then he would send for her when he established himself in the United States. Um, she was quite a trailblazer. She said, nope, not having that. And she got on a boat and traveled to the United States with a child, came here, and then decided she wasn't much of a stay-at-home kind of person. So she worked with my grandfather in the business. But then as she got older, uh, and when my grandfather passed, um, she was, as I said, pretty young. She taught me a lot about being independent as a woman who was left as a widow at a fairly young age. Mm. Showed me what you can accomplish, even even after having lost the love of your life. So I, I have learned a lot of lessons from her. As and she, I was young. Um, I was really young, but she actually invited me into that space at the ripe old age of fourteen, mm. and yeah. and left me with a lot of great thoughts about what one looks like when one is now I am I'm actually older than she was when when this happened but I still remember all the things that she did three new read three newspapers a day never stopped driving her car got involved with her with various social groups had close friendships never stopped inviting people over never stopped inserting herself into groups of the couples hmm. she'd show up Ugh. And I love that you said she invited you into that space. That is pivotal in the relationship of an aging mentor. It's wonderful. And, and it's, it's those moments that you, at the time, you may not register, especially when we're talking about an aging mentor when you're that age, when you are in your, in your childhood and you know, your, your childhood, my childhood brain is interpreting, you know, in a, in a limited way, what someone is telling us, but it lands, it still lands. And it often what I find is that it comes back at key moments. Like you said, like when you realize you're around her age or older than her, or when you see like, gosh, like that took courage to show up 
uh, when everyone else was coupled and, or to amazing to read three newspapers a day, all of those lessons, some of it's by observation, some of it is by telling, like they say, I want you to know this. And others is by letting them into that space, into that room, so that you can make observations and store them for when you're ready. And I often think of memories as, as parts of things that they raise their hand to you later in life when you need them. And so it's beautiful to be storing them along the way in the different parts of your journey. Uh, and uh, that leads me to a second mentor in my life. And this was, she became, she started as a, prof as a professional mentor. Um, I've talked about her with her, her name is Betty Dotson. And, uh, but really what she became is a different level of personal uh, aging mentor in that she was, her mission, she's in the sexuality space. Her mission was to really bring sexual vibrancy um, into older years, uh, in her older years. And, and she was really grappling a lot with what her legacy was going to be. She um, had, did not have children and, and for most of her life, she was grateful that she didn't and would like celebrate that. And her latter parts of her life, she started uh, wondering uh, about that choice and, and wondering how life would have been different. And in that wondering, she started gathering people and gathering women into conversations and telling them and showing them. And one of the things that um, really was profound to me was she would say, who wants to see an 89 year old vagina? And she meant vulva, but you know, she would say, and in our group, that was our group raised her hands. They're like, yeah, when do you get to see that? And, and, and the, the part of it was that she was always doing shock value, but also it was so educative to be able to have someone saying, and I don't love this about my body, but this is what happens. Or look at this, like who knew this happened to your labia when, when you aged, or I'll tell you what it felt like the first time that, that I saw my pubic hair get gray. She's like, everyone talks about this one. No one talks about down there. And she said the things that some of us didn't even thought about, but would be hard to know who could you ask. And and you didn't even know necessarily that you wanted to know <laughs> about these things, but she said them. And there's so many conversations that she said about her aging body that I will never forget. And I'm so grateful for. And I know that some of it, some of it isn't relevant to me now, but it will be. And I can tell that her humor, her uh, willingness to share without being asked did preemptive healing for me. And as I am aging with my body and feeling like, yeah, and to not have it be so mysterious. Now it's just, I only just saw one uh, and one person. So her body is at mine, but it, it took away some of the mystery as well that so many of us don't ever get to know. And that we sit there and wonder what's going to happen. How does our body age? How, how do the, the parts of our body that don't get seen by many, what happens and, uh, and so I'm forever grateful for that. I'm also really grateful that she showed me that, so she died when she was 91 during COVID and she mused out loud the feelings of not necessarily regret, but the review you have when you're, when you are aging and, and know that you don't have many years left. And I had heard so much, I had it modeled for me so much of like not having regret, of like really embracing the decision and everything that turns out for it. And, and she wasn't necessarily bemoaning it, but she showed me it wasn't wrong or bad or dangerous to say, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was the best decision at the time, but I wonder how things would have would have been different. 
and going back to the conversation she had about having children, she said, I knew it was the right decision for me then. I'm feeling, it's like, I have feelings that I wish I could have been born in a time that I could have done both. It didn't seem possible for me to do both at the time, to be a leader and a pioneer in the sexuality world and have a kid. But now I see you all do it. And I kind of wish I'd had that chance to even know. I never even thought I had that chance. And then, and then she followed through with the process. So it wasn't just the like laying it out there. I'm like, oh, this is awful. It was, and this is, she showed me how to reconcile things and choices that you've made in your life um, that in your aging process is a part of dealing with getting older is that you've made choices that you can't take back and close doors and open other pathways. And what do you do with that? And I'm not sure I would have ever thought to ask somebody that kind of question um, directly too. So that was a very um, pivotal part of um, having her in my life as an aging mentor. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that you had um, you had a family member, so we'll call this kin and then kinship. Uh, you had a family member, your mother and Ruth, who was sort of like, kin, that was the kinship. So kin, right, it's uh, by blood um, and kinship more commonality of values, commonality of purpose. Um, so there was probably a little kinship there uh, with your mom and Ruth. And then by extension, you were there, you were present. But the kinship really kicked in with Betty. It's Betty, right? Betty Dodson. And if you're fortunate enough to have someone in your life, kinship as a mentor, that's awesome, but you, we can also seek them out. So mm -hmm. that's really that's really the opportunity. As I, I mean, I see it as an opportunity finding that person because perhaps, in my case, my mom's passed, and I would say that she was a mentor to me on a, a lot of different levels. And towards the end of her life, uh, specifically in the last six months of her life, we became extraordinarily close. Like she shared things with me that she never shared with me in the past. You know, these were, these were thorny issues, how she was feeling, even she was a devout um, Roman Catholic, but she was quest she was questioning what happens. I'm afraid that I'm going to find out that maybe everything I believed is untrue. And, and, but that was really, that was helpful to me because it showed that it's okay to be scared. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to talk about what's happening. And with her body, her body was failing her. Her mind was sharp, but her body just continued to fail her. And yet she found a way to squeeze that lemon so hard that she squeezed out every single drop. And that was also okay. Um, so in some ways, she was a mentor, but sometimes it's better, don't you think, to find a mentor who maybe you don't want to cross, maybe there are boundaries there with your mom, right, or an aunt. You just feel maybe it, there's a lack of comfort sharing those kinds of things like, why is my pubic hair not there? Why is it gray? Why did it get thin? You know? What's going on with my, you know, with my body? Why do I feel this way? And someone who is, has that kinship, but is it necessarily kin, can form that connection. Say, girlfriend, let me tell yes. you what's going on here. That's right. And I do recommend, if you get to have multiple ones, having at least one of them not be family. 
um, just for that reason. And it's both ways that neither of you will have as much of a governor um, in seeking someone out that doesn't have a governor. I mean, Betty was just truly an open book. And that was such a gift uh, in, in many ways. Um, and then I, I wanted to be my third uh, kind of category of, of mentorship. And I um, had someone who was a male mentor, aging mentor for me. And he was a part of a group, or is a part of a group, and he's still very much in my life. Um, and I loved it that I had someone as a different gender. I learned a lot and learned a lot through him and through his group of friends. And it started off, uh, we, we were friends through our love of football. And uh, we did a lot of conversation through that. And it's a women, Mary, he was there, a women, Mary grab, um, grad. And uh, I met through an alumni club and they did this, this uh, trip every year for one Northeastern game. Uh, we would go somewhere wherever uh, um, women, Mary was playing and we go on this trip for four or five days. And I was the youngest by about 30 years. And uh, so I ended up being the DD and it was so fun because it was an interesting time in my life too. When I first met them that I was, I was starting to feel older, which that was hilarious to me that 20 years ago, I was feeling old, but I was feeling older and it, being around them, it made me feel younger, which was interesting. And, and as our relationships grew, I, I saw them having that same thing that wasn't family but I felt like a daughter to them. So they shared things with me, lessons that they had learned. They shared things about marriages, about careers, about life, about giving back, um, about regret, about loss that they weren't having with their own kids. And I asked, I asked and I listened and I listened and I was often the sober one. So I could just really take it all in and remember it. And and, and I got to hear couples giving mentorship and I got to witness because it was a group of us and it was often very, the same kind of group doing these trips and these conversations. And, and, and I, what I heard from them, they used to joke all the time, like, what is a youngin like you being interested? Like, why would you want to hang out with us when you could hang out with young people? And I, um, not only were they just a load of fun and very interesting people, but I knew I needed to learn from them. And, and I saw that not a lot of people do at that age. And again, like now, so now I am, I'm now reaching the age of when I met them. And uh, it is fascinating to like see myself through the eyes of how I saw them and hearing those, those lessons. And a lot of them have died since I met them. Um, uh, Dawn, who was the one that I, that I was the closest with is still with us. And um, in the past uh, two years since his wife died, um, we've had a very different level of conversation and he has different political views. He has different ways in the world. We have some commonalities of, of giving back and uh, you know, the, the importance of family. Um, but there's a lot that's different about us and those differences are fine. What I like hearing is how the, how of how he does things. And, and those are the questions that I like to ask um, and, and he is a big believer in uh, mentoring other people too. And so he'll say, so who's yours? Who are you mentoring at this time? Like it's time you give back to this. And he, he jokes at the, at the, uh, me calling him an aging mentor. I wrote an article actually about a month ago because they came for like a bourbon tour in Kentucky. And I wrote about uh, my relationships with all of them. And, and he's like, well, who's yours? then and uh and there is someone who i don't have officially i haven't officially said that with her but i consider her somebody that i mentor and do a lot of talking to in in that way 
and and sharing um almost like a, a combination of the three edgy mentors that I've had um and one day I feel like I need to like have her be a part of this conversation and see what she thinks and what it's like um for me to be her aging mentor and if she's picked up on things and um and how do we make that official too you know it's interesting you it sounds like you happened upon these this group when you were pretty young obviously you were you're quite a bit younger and and yet they they cultivated that relationship that became the mentor and mentee but when when we think about this how do we find that mentor, right? So that that sort of brings us to your the social connection piece because in order to find that mentor, you probably need to find some sort of social connection that makes sense to you. And let's face it, whether you are 46 or 66, it shouldn't matter. You need you still need, you need a mentor and you can be a mentor. So if you're 66, you can mentor somebody who's 46 because you've had that 20 years of benefit, screwing things up unmercifully, or people have done things to you, you've learned lessons, right? So it's it really is about lessons learned and ways in which you have helped yourself to navigate. And then when you're 46, you can look at the 20-year-old who, or the 26-year-old who's you know, looking for guidance and perhaps not from mom or not from auntie, but really from someone could be a teacher. It could be someone who's a coach, could be someone who runs a club or what have you, but making that connection, making that social connection is important because otherwise you don't have the mentor. Um, we, we recently had the same experience. My husband and I um, made two young friends and they're quite a bit younger than, than we are. They are a lovely couple with three young children. And we wonder why are they hanging out with us? Now you know. <laughs> answered. You just answered the question. I'm like, why would they want to hang out with us? You know, we're they could be with young people their own age. And you know, we we feel flattered. And I think we're we get more out of the relationship than they do, but I'm hoping they get some benefit. Now I'm feeling I'm feeling not so bad about, you know, when they invite us to, you know, have a couple of drinks with them or go to dinner or hang out with uh, with them and their, their three kids. And if they're listening to this podcast, they're gonna know exactly who they are. We love you guys. <laughs> I'll just use my name, Matt and Kelsey. We love you. That's so sweet. And yes, it's, it's, to me, I think it's just such a beautiful compliment that uh, I really would imagine this couple sees you all um, as someone they want to understand in a much deeper level through building that relationship and also through observation. And I think that's just so pivotal. Like for me, I, I think the life force is like the life force of connection is understanding that you matter and understanding how you matter fits into at least something else. One other thing in this world um, and, and luckily, and hopefully you feel like you, you fit in in multiple ways. And, and I think that it's who we are as humans is to help others feel like they matter. And I think that's the pinnacle also of getting an aging mentor. It's not just in, in giving the nuts and bolts of what it's like to age for this person and, and, and giving your, your uh, pearls of wisdom about this, but it's also saying 
you matter. You matter in, in this phase of life. It matters who you are um, right now and who you've been. And when you can take the time to listen, just ask a couple of questions and listen to somebody's story, you will learn so much. And when people ask me like, well, how do I pick a good aging mentor? One of the things I like to start off with is who are you drawn to? So this couple's obviously drawn to you all. They want to know more about you. And I bet if you look back, you'll find out they ask questions. They pepper questions throughout this way. They want to know about your history or something about your work. And, and again, like I, I really make sure that an aging mentor is not the same as a work mentor, but sometimes that's a part of the, of the relationship and the conversation too. I just like to take it to a different level of like, how did you make just big decisions about starting this company? Or like, what was it like to be um, a, a woman CEO? Those kinds of questions I think are, are really important. Like in this day and age, how, how did you, what did you come up with in this? Or, you know, how, how did you all navigate this as a couple? What was it like um, when, uh, when your mother passed away? How did, how, how was that stepping into that role? Like those kinds of questions you ask one or two of them, and then you sit back and you listen. And you will learn so much that you can extrapolate to your life. I trust the instinct in that, that maybe right now, some of the questions that you're being asked by this couple isn't ready, that they're not ready for, they don't need it right now, but it's being stored. Like I was speaking earlier about like your 14 year old self and, and, and my nine-year-old self, um, but it'll come back later. And so if you're somebody that is being approached by somebody younger and they ask you those questions, don't answer them in a throwaway, actually answer them in an authentic, full way. And if you find yourself censoring it, um, you can go back and answer it more fully, um, or you can try it another time or examine what it is about what you're holding back um, so that you can learn the lesson in that. As we know, like when you, when you mentor somebody else, it's often the biggest gift is for you. And if people are asking you and wanting to know about your life, it's because they want to learn. And uh, that's a grateful, wonderful way to feel connected and to feel like your life matters and what you've been through matters. I couldn't agree with you more. This, this concept of the bi-directional nature of mentoring. So the mentor has gets so much more out of this than, than you would ever imagine. It's it's something that um, my parents taught me, you give and give and give and give, and you never worry about what you get in return because you, it comes back to you thousandfold. You, you don't know how, it's not that it's a, it doesn't come in the form of a paycheck or a gift. It really, this is a gift, helping others and paying it forward is a gift that you give yourself. And it really does come back to that. In, it's very, it's the intrinsic reward that you receive. It's that feeling that, Maybe by sharing with someone that it was okay to fail at a marriage, at a relationship, at a job, um, you know, with a, a broken relationship with a parent or a sibling that, yes, I made this, these terrible mistakes. And to your point, the authenticity part of it is, is really important to you. And at this part of your life, it's okay. Maybe when you're in your 30s, you don't want to let people know, guess what? I have a broken relationship in my family. And in your fifties or your sixties, you say, you know what? I have a broken relationship in my family and here's what I should have done. Here's how I should have handled this, but I didn't. Words, you know, a word of wisdom. 
is that worth it? It just throw it up in the air like confetti. Whereas in your, as you, as I said, in your thirties, you might've said, I'm going to know this person is wrong. So you take a much more rigid approach to it. Perhaps the, the person, the young mentee, the mentee saying, you know what? I don't know if I really believe Jerry. I think, you know, my sibling or my aunt or my mother is wrong. I'm digging my heels in. I'm not going to, I'm not budging. And then it may resonate a few years later when something happens, somebody's mm -hmm. ill, when you're ill, when you need that support and you say, wait a minute, was it really worth it? Let me remember what I heard. But I agree with you, the, um, the intrinsic reward that you receive as a mentor, is, it's just incredible. When you, and when you hear these words parroted back to you, it's even better. So I've had the experience of mentoring professionally um, and teaching because I've done adjunct professorship and so forth. Love it when a student that I had 20 years ago comes back and says, oh, Professor DiPiano, do you remember when you were in, you were my blah, blah, blah <laughs> teacher at St. Joseph's University? And I'm like, was I any good? <laughs> Did you learn anything? Um, and they remember things that I said or ways that I acted or that I was fair, that I gave them grace. Um, so that feels really good. But I imagine it feels even more special when you share your life story with someone and it makes an impact. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I, and I, I give um, some advice to when you're wanting to mentor somebody that, you know, you, it, you know, unless it's like specifically asked of you, if you're just being generous with your story or your lessons um, to always share in a way that it's like, this is my experience. This is my experience and what you can learn from it, learn from it. And it's similar to what I do with the clients that I work with is that I, I say to them when they tell me something like, do you want me to witness it? Uh, which means that I don't comment. I'm just a holder and, and, and they know that it matters that, that what they're telling me has happened. Um, do they want uh, my opinion on something uh, or do they have any specific questions? And when I, when they ask for my opinion on something, this is how I think this is for the aging mentor too. And I think you should be preemptive in this is this is just my opinion, or this is the choice that I made at the time in this era or whatever, and, and do with it what you will. That's a really important aspect of being a mentor for somebody that you are not turning yourself into an expert of their life, or that you don't think that the way you handle it has to be the only way that it could have been handled. Uh, it is typically so much more powerful if you're like it worked out for me or it was kind of dumb luck or like I really did this and and everything aligned and, I, and I'm happy for that it doesn't mean it always would have or um, this is why or this is how I came up with this thought process in this or this is this is the way that I looked at it those kinds of thought processing and reasoning is a really key part of allowing that mentorship to have agency instead of a power problem uh, or a power differential. And I've seen that be a more flourishing experience that people can take in what they need. And, and that act that, that skill of hearing and taking the bits and pieces and applying it to your life is actually a really important life skill to have. Um, so you're giving them multiple gifts um, by having that attitude and that way of looking at it. So three key takeaways, mentor, mentee, 
midlife mentor, aging mentor, however, however we want to re rephrase that or phrase that, what are the three key takeaways to the mentor and then to the mentee? So as the mentor, um, be generous with your thought processes, be generous with your stories and know that this relationship has formed and is blooming because you have something that the other person sees of value and the experience and value and know that. Let that be part of the inspiration in this. Next is um, your way isn't the only way. It's just the way that you did it, whether it was the, the everything turned out or everything didn't turn out and have that as, as part of the attitude. Um, of when you are sharing advice or sharing pearls of wisdom. Uh, and then third, um, look at the places where you have similarities, where you can highlight that in the relationship and see that as a strength of the relationship and look for the places where there are key differences and use that as a strength for the relationship as well. Great advice. It's and great from Dr. Juliana. <laughs> And then as the mentee, my advice is listen, listen and ask, ask and listen, and also realize that you reciprocating your stories is just as important for the person you're mentoring as it is for you to hear theirs, that that having that reciprocity, having it not just be that you're the receiver, but you are also sharing will be a very big gift to the relationship to you and to the person that's mentoring you. Um, the next is uh, as I, like I said this previously, but I think it's a really important part of this is don't look for somebody who's just like you in gender, in socioeconomic status, in race, in background. Look for there to be core things that matter to you or places that are missing from like family relationships. Um, and then look for places where there's similarities. Find that. Don't be afraid of differences and, and also look for some of, the, some of the similarities so that you have some kind of common ground uh, in that process. And, uh, and then know when it's time for you to pass the torch to be someone that someone else's mentor too. So we've gotten great tips. Uh, finding your purpose. This is one of the ways in which one can find her purpose in life. And the next time we have this conversation, we should talk about connections, social connections, and just to whet your appetite for those that are listening, stay tuned because Dr. Juliana and I are going to do something called Soul Spark coming to you very soon with a group of women who will share some of their stories, but we're going to have an expanded version of this. So stay tuned for the next time with Dr. Juliana. And as always, it was a pleasure having you as our guest on Love Mia Vita. Music